Welcome to Easy Email Marketing. I'm your host, Yael Keown, mum, FIFO wife, MBA, coffee lover, survivor superfan, and creator of the email experience. In Easy Email Marketing, you'll benefit from my nearly 20 years experience where I'll be teaching you all the tips, tricks, and insider info on how to create feel-good, non-spammy experiences for your subscribers. Let's get stuck in. Welcome to episode 100 of the Easy Email Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Yao Kion. And let me tell you, this has been a journey. I was looking back. The first episode was back in May 2021, so almost at three years. The first 60 were weekly. Um, then I, they moved to fortnightly in July 2022. Um, and apart from a couple of intentional breaks over holidays, I think I've only forgotten to record an episode once. I thought it was on the, <laughs> the, the a different week. I didn't realise two weeks had passed and it ended up being three. But that's all good. It happens. So today I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, I thought I could talk, you know, about my biggest general thoughts on email marketing or get some questions from the audience which that would have required way too much pre-planning but instead i thought what i really felt led to talk to you about today is a bit of a reflection on my overall business journey um, having a look at some of the key lessons learned and specifically at um, what I think is probably the most important thing I have come around to recently, and that is self-trust. So this is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be definitely a behind-the-scenes look. I've got some notes, but I might go on some tangents. So bear with me. Hopefully this is something you enjoy and you um, want to get some insights into my thoughts of having been in this online industry for nine years, what, eight, eight years, which is crazy um, to think about that long. So I've seen a lot and I've certainly done a lot of courses and programs and worked with a lot of entrepreneurs. And I want to share a bit of my insights um, today about that, this concept of self-trust and specifically going into what you should invest in, in your business, in terms of your time and some of the pitfalls, honestly, like um, some of the pitfalls and challenges and reasons I am not at the level of business that I would have hoped to be by now. So that's being frank, that's being vulnerable, but I think it's important to share. Okay, so perhaps we'll start with just a little bit of a timeline so we're all, you, you know, the scene. Um, so I first registered the business back in December 2015. Um, I, it was called Mixed Savvy Marketing at the time, and I thought I'll send sell some nice email, email templates. But then I also found out I was pregnant with my second child, um, Callum. Um, so it kind of slowed things down a bit, um, especially with things around like paid parental leave um, rules. I was working part-time at the time. Um, so I spent a lot of that first year, like 2016, really learning, creating a ton of content, like so many blog posts, it's ridiculous. And at the end of the year, I launched my first product, which was like a marketing planner. Um, still a really great planner, by the way, but it was my first thing. And, and it was my first foray into people buying things online and growing my email list. And it was just a fantastic experience. 
Then I, in the next year, 2017, I started dipping my foot in the online course world and I created Amplified Marketing Method. It's still a term I use today when it comes to marketing. So again, we're talking very, very generic uh, marketing strategy here. And I invested so much time in making that course the most beautiful thing ever. Like, honestly, I made like the most, I got someone to create the workbooks, a graphics designer to do all that when I really hadn't figured out exactly how the program would be. And pretty much after the first round, a lot of that had to be changed. So lessons learned there. Um, from there, I continued launching that a couple of times and I started my membership, my first membership in 2018, which was the Amplify Academy. So it was a variation of that, but it was where I got the opportunity to um, start sharing month, more monthly, regular general marketing topics. At around the same time, I launched a course specific to email marketing. So this is where I first started delving into the world of email marketing because people were really asking me specifically about this because I was talking about it a lot. But this is where people were niching in. So I had um, that my first round of the email marketing course. And then I think in 2019, I hope is when I actually replaced everything and fully niched down into email marketing and launched the email experience. So the email experience is, I think, a good four years old now, which is madness to me, but it has seen very uh, many forms. So from there, I really niched down. Like I really focused on launching this program time and time again. I had my biggest launches in 2020. And also I then started working on making it evergreen. But as I was trying to make it evergreen and running the ads, I found that um you know, it wasn't profitable because people pay monthly and then cancel and it just didn't work. So I made it so it was a 12-month program instead. And I did uh, my last couple of launches, I think right in the beginning of 2022. And since then, um, you know, so towards the end of 2022, I even went and did an agency, um, email automation co, sort of tried to start an agency style model for done for you stuff as kind of the side to give me more freedom on my Yale Keown brand. And lastly, then last year in 2023, at the end is when I switched email experience back to a membership, which is a support membership, and launched the email marketing superstore and repackage all of my content in to really, really helpful standalone courses. So as you can see, this is a journey. You can see I have done a lot. And I guess I'll probably end up wrapping up this episode, sharing why I've ended up with the business model I am at now, but I've done a lot of things. And one of the big reasons I have done a lot of things is I was just never cracking it. Also, I was, um, I, I'm trying to think of the best term, I was distracted by a lot of strategies. And I was taking a lot of programs. And even when I was doing really well um, with launches, I was investing a lot in masterminds, in coaching, in ads. And I was doing all the things that everyone tells you you need to do. So I was like, during this strategy and that strategy, I was niching down. I was, um, you know, really focusing on just the one offer. So I was definitely doing things right and I'm using right in quotation marks and things definitely did work but things don't say stay the same and work the same ever um and yeah again being super vulnerable I still haven't yet cracked it so I haven't got 
well, I've got, yes, well over six figures generated through the email experience. It's not been in one launch and it hasn't been in one year. It has been just never quite there. And there's many reasons for this. First was seasons of life. So there were times, you know, hubby was FIFO. I had two kids before school, um, preschoolers. I had um, a lot going on, health issues with my parents. There's lots of things going on. Um, but the second one is that I just didn't trust myself. And I'll put that out there as a shit vulnerable share. Like I honestly didn't trust myself. And one of the biggest things um, and one and some of the words that really, really still cut through to me today is when talking to coaches or talking to people, they would always tell me, oh, it's just around the corner. I, you know, I can just see that it's going to happen for you just around the corner. Just keep going. And it wasn't. It wasn't just around the corner. That new strategy, that niching down, that scaling up, it wasn't just around the corner. It, it harkens back to even when I was younger. I was always told, you have so much potential. Like you're really smart. Like I'll own that. Like I'm, I'm definitely, you know, intelligent and I can figure things out. You've got so much potential, but why aren't you reaching that? And so self-trust was an issue because I was often um, doing things um, and being convinced to do things under the presumption that there was something wrong with me. There was something that I just hadn't figured out because, golly, I'm so smart, I should have figured this out by now. Everyone tells me it's just around the corner. Everyone tells me I have so much potential, yet where where's the results? It's not that I'm being lazy. It's not that I'm not trying new things. It's not that I'm not doing the right things. Where are the results? And as a result of that, I lost a lot of self-trust, which conversely meant I was easily influenced by a lot of things. Um, and I guess that's why this episode, I do want to lead into some of my thoughts now about investing in different things. So one other thing that is important to note amongst all of this and how I came to this self-trust realisation is discovering um, in late in life that I, in fact, have ADHD. So I think I have mentioned this to people, but I haven't dedicated, um, you know, a lot of time to this. So I became aware um, back in the beginning of 2022. So I'm still only like two years um, into this journey. I got my official diagnosis towards the end of that year, August 2022, um, and then still it was a wait until I got into the psychiatrist and I'm med uh, medicated for almost a year now. And what you will find um, is as someone, even if you don't have ADHD, please <laughs> do bear with me, but one thing I did find that this concept of self-trust and definitely this thing of you have so much potential is so tied in with the ADHD experience. Because what works for a neurotypical brain, the processes and the things that a lot of the business people tell you you should do, they don't work for my brain. They don't work for ADHD brains. Or, and they dampen like my greatest skill sets, by the way, because 
you know, honestly is my superpower and it is the reason why, you know, I can really, really see email marketing strategies and just like picture it visually and go, yes, this is what you need to do. This is where, how I can come up with creative ideas. This is how I can get in and solve problems. It's how I can hyper-focus on going into someone's email marketing software and really pulling it apart and going, okay, this is how I can see how it will make it easy for you. I can see things that people can't see. Like it is fantastic. But being told you have so much potential and then going and trying to do things the way you should be doing it, it just conflicts with that. Along with that, it meant, you know, distraction, shiny objects. Like I love to learn. Like I'm not going to lie. I love learning. Um, I've got a couple of degrees under my belt. I've done a lot of online programs. Curiosity gets to me. The second thing is impulsivity. So definitely one of the ways that my ADHD expressed itself was I'd get excited by an idea. So I would see an ad, I would see a webinar, I'd see a masterclass, I'm like, yes, that must be it. And I'd get it, I'd be excited about it because it's a new shiny idea. I'd delve into it and then I might not implement it. Um, or it actually just wasn't the thing I needed. But because I was impulsive, that's what I did. And again, not trusting myself. So I was like, okay, well, something's not working. So maybe it's this thing, maybe it's that thing. So the results of all of this was many of the things that I tried just went for me. And I was trying to lean in to what a lot of the experts said. I was trying to lean into what a lot of other business owners said. And they weren't the right things for me. So definitely this last year or so has been a real season of self-reflection, of figuring out what is the right business model for me, of figuring out how I want to do things. And a big part of that has been, I am not buying any programs. I am not involving myself in anything. I am no longer having a coach or a mentor. I need to tune into myself and listen to what it is that I know. Because I know a lot of stuff. I've been in this industry for a long time. So what it is that I want to do. Now, yes, I have invested in a couple of really specific things and I will talk about how I've made those choices, but I have had to, I have cut back on a lot of stuff. Um, you know, 2020, not 2019 person me would be proud as to how much less I'm spending on all of these things. So I've been putting in the work. And also along the lines of, you know, having awareness of my diagnosis and giving myself grace in terms of, oh, okay, that, I understand how my brain works now, so I'm going to work with it and not fight it. Um, and also being medicated, my capacity has definitely increased. I am able to follow through on a lot more things. So things are starting to tick over, but not all things are solved, but I can find solutions now and I can go, not beat myself up over the fact of, oh, that I couldn't do something a certain way or that I need supports in a, in a certain area because that's just not my strength, you know. I'll focus on my good strengths. So I learned how to self-trust. So based on all of this um, crazy journey, I thought I would share some things I think you should watch out for when it comes to this online business space. The first thing is you should do this. So I see this a lot. Um, in that you should have a mastermind or have a coach or a mentor or having something. Now, absolutely nothing against masterminds and coaches, um, especially if you need to have that clarity, if you do need that sounding board, if you do need that accountability, um, or, you, or they are really specialist in an area that you want to learn from. 
my hesitation there is when you invest so much money in one of these things and you're doing it more out of just wanting some sort of reassurance. Whereas I have found, I actually already know the stuff. I've been in, I've often joined these groups and then found I know as much, I know this stuff. And even like you should go to therapy. <laughs> so when I um, first got my ADHD diagnosis, I started um, going to a psychologist because everyone, like people are saying, you need to go, you know, therapy is really good. You should be doing this. Again, should. Um, it was great for the first few because there was a couple of things we really wanted to work through. We had a couple of action points. But then we're starting to get on to just the general ADHD stuff and general life stuff. And everything the therapist was telling me to do, I'm like, I know that. I know that. So why do I feel like I need to have this process of someone telling me what to do? So if you are looking for a mastermind or a coach just because you are unsure if there's something you're missing or you're feeling like you should because you're a grown-up entrepreneur, please don't. Only join if you really know the coach well or the mastermind leader well and you know um, what you're going to get out of it. Another one is bookkeeping. Okay. Everyone says for outsourcing, outsource your bookkeeping. And I have been doing that for the last couple of years. But it was a big expense. It became like my biggest monthly expense. And for some people, it's a great investment because they you know, when it comes to bookkeeping, they don't have a clue. I went to, <laughs> I was the top student in my accounting um, classes at university. I worked um, in accounting firms for a few years. I had done bookkeeping for businesses and it's not that hard. Now, it was great to bring someone on board to manage it for me and they got the system set up. They got my zero looking spectacular. So absolutely, that was well worth the investment. But after the time when it's just tipping over, I was like, oh, I could honestly do this. I'm paying this much money, but I could probably do this in an hour a month myself. And it's a different task. It's a chilled out task. So I cancelled it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But the should do this, pay for this, don't buy into it. Um the other one to watch out for is the one missing ingredient. Oh, you hear this all the time. It, this is the one thing that you're missing. And this plays on that mindset of, oh, if you've got so much potential or I just don't know what it is that I'm doing and I can't make it there, what is this one missing ingredient? And I will tell you, like, absolutely, I will own it that I have shared that I believe email marketing is often that missing ingredient for people. And there's not, so I don't believe there's anything wrong with that sharing a solution. What I am wary of is when it is overpriced and they like for like something really specific strategy. Now, I don't want to go into specific names, but I have seen programs that are like a thousand US plus that are honestly like such shells of something, but they spin it as this is just the one thing that's going to make the difference. So honestly, um, my my big kind of thing just to check out here is if they are vague in their freebies, like if they give like a download and it's really just like dot points and they barely give much content in there, it's a big indicator that probably the content within their offer is going to be pretty shallow as well. Also something to note here, when it comes to these one missing ingredient things, testimonials that come along, they're often for the first round or two when the person that created it was much more hands-on in it. And now if it's one of these programs that's gone gangbusters, of course, they're scaling up and they're really minimizing how much contact they have. And as a result, the results go down. But then people see, but that person said that they got these results. But remember, that was probably when they got the most support. 
So if this is, if you're seeing these ads, like I would honestly say, asking yourself, you know, did you think about this strategy before you saw this ad or this promotion or something? I now have a personal rule for myself to sit with it. Yes, we've got a lot of urgency with um, launches and evergreen funnels and things, but they'll come around again. The offers will come around again. So um, now if it's something specific, especially if it's a higher priced thing, I will wait on it and sit on it until I am A1, definitely going to be ready to implement it and I'm still thinking about it. Um, and I obviously will still only do that with people I trust and show that they're showing great content. Now, if there's something that's this one missing ingredient kind of concept and it's teaching you a specific skill or strategy and it's very reasonably priced, go for it. Like there are some great creators out there that sell programs for $10, $20, $50. They give you like a specific skill or teach you a specific process. Um, definitely jump in on those. Um, I, you know, buy, I may be biased in that because now I've got the shop set up. Um, I can, you know, you can do that um, with my stuff, but I have got more value out of those sorts of programs, out of ones that are going, oh, I can do that, learn this one skill, but it's not crazily priced. Okay. The third thing to watch out for is the exact formula. So instead of having one missing ingredient, this is kind of more the big picture. So this can be, I will teach you my process. I will teach you how to build this type of business or this type of funnel using my exact method. So the problem I have with this approach is it it's there, it locks people in. Typically, you will be told you need to use particular software, you need to follow exact formulas and scripts. But perhaps more concerning is like often they are just teaching what they did and they were successful with it, yes. But the key is they were successful. It worked for them, it worked for their business, and it possibly even it worked at a time when the audience was ready for that. Like I see this so much where people talk about building these amazing businesses, but they did it in 2018, 2016, when the internet was a baby. And those practices do not work now. And they kind of lucked into it. <laughs> you know, it's like, did they just get lucky? You know, and so I always ask myself, did they get lucky with this? When was it created? How do I know it works now? And is this the only method they know? So I have had, you know, them say like, you know, people say, you know, this is what worked for me. And so this is, I'm just teaching what I know because they don't have the marketing degree. They don't have the other backing knowledge. They just had something that worked and good on them. They're teaching other people how to do it. But when you're told this is the exact formula and you need to follow it, unless you have a very, very similar business model or unless the timing is very right, it might not be the thing for you. So, um, and for me personally, that doesn't work because I like to see, I like to add my own flavor. I'm just not gonna just copy someone else's thing. So that's another one. The fourth thing to watch out for, and gosh, I realize I am doing lots of talking on this episode, but that is the messaging around investing in yourself. And I'm going to call this, you know, toxic abundance mindset. So. I want to be clear, I'm not against abundance mindset. Ironically, my word for the year is abundance, but where I don't like it is where it's used as a tactic for you to buy a high-priced offer to invest in yourself. And often what you'll find with these things is they are teaching you to increase your prices and sell a higher price offer so that you can have your value. And this is an abundant marketplace. 
And then it starts end up being this not exactly pyramid schemey thing, but it's kind of close where it's like, okay, the person at the top is charging $10,000 a month for their mastermind. And then their people within their mastermind are like at $5,000 a month. And then those people within that mastermind are charging like a thousand, like it is this scaling thing. And it's kind of made, it's, it's like its own little self-created industry. It's really quite clever. And and if that's if you like that sort of thing, like I'm not I'm not saying I'm against having high price offers and really that intense thing, but having this put, putting the pressure on you to say you need to um, that you need to invest in yourself, and if you don't, you are not going to be successful, or if you don't, you don't have a growth mindset or an abundance mindset. That is false. There are many ways to do business, and personally. Um, just from a a um, sort of ethical point of view and just from a point of view that I, you know, one of my highest values is, you know, um, equality um, and just making sure people get access to the same things. It's like some people just don't have the money and why should they miss out on some great knowledge? Why should we gatekeep good knowledge because of abundance? Um, and they're not investing themselves. So I'd say, yes, abundance, there is room for everybody. Everybody can make more money, absolutely, and the more people who are spending, that means the more people are earning. Yes, I understand all that, but that does not mean you have to increase your prices, and that certainly doesn't mean that you have to invest $20,000 in a mastermind. And then the fifth one to just be wary of is the aspect of community and being in the room with the people. Obviously, again, I love community. There's nothing wrong with community. There is absolutely something to be said about being in the room and having referral networks and business relationships and collaboration partners. Absolutely. What gets me sometimes about this is sometimes I found I was the person in the room that was sharing the most knowledge and I wasn't getting much in return. Um, also, sometimes it felt like, you know, sometimes it's the people who are the favourites or the people that would involve themselves the most. And when you're not the most social person or when you've got things like rejection-sensitive dysphoria, you don't show up as much. And another thing is, like, you know, what happens when you leave? Like, are you tied to this group? Because there are some that when you leave, like, all of a sudden, all those relationships, those co collaborations, etc., go with it. It's like you're shunned from it. So it's... I don't like it when it's, you know, at those big points. So instead, I just believe there are fantastic communities that aren't paid or like a lower price point or just in your natural network. So just showing up at networking things, talking to people. You don't need to pay crazy amounts to be in the room with the people. So um, that is another one that I think about too. So the specific things to watch out for is you should do this. The one missing ingredient, the exact formula, the investing in yourself and, you know, to be in the room, to be in the community. So questions perhaps um, to try to wrap this up, to ask yourself before you invest. It's one thing like ask yourself, you know, do I know um, this already or can I figure it out easily? Um, so a big example is the recent Google and Yahoo email authentication thing. I was seeing so many people saying, oh, making a huge deal out of this, almost fear-mongering, and then offering paid services or trying to sign them up to their thing when, honestly, it's a 10, 20-minute job and you could figure it out. Most people could figure it out or you can ask someone to do it. Um, I ask myself, is there a shortcut? Like, 
you know, before I invest in this whole thing, is there another way I can do it? I ask, what if it was easy? Like if I just said, you know what, instead of going through this whole process, is there a way that I could do this if it was easy? Another thing is, can I pay someone to do this for me or with me for a similar amount? Again, a lot of people are pricing these programs so high and you could pay for a VA for a few months to do it for you and get it set up and make it beautiful or outsource it for a few months and just get the systems and processes set up and then have something running on autopilot. Also, again, initial setup or ongoing. Like, can you just get someone help you get set up and get started um, instead of uh, having someone manage it all the time? So an example I had there was my podcast, again, here. I started having an editor. I started getting um, that all done properly. But again, it became quite a big expense. So I asked myself the next question, which is, can I have someone within my own team do it? And I have a fantastic... Um, VA shout um, to marketing assistant um, shout out to Evie who obviously is editing this podcast now. She knows all this techie stuff. She's doing my socials. I said, "Would you be able to do? Is it, how hard is it to do the podcast?" She's like, "I could do that like in half an hour, half an hour versus the package I was paying." So you know, can you have someone within your team do it? Do they work with people like me? That's a big one. So now, obviously, with my ADHD mindset, I actively look at for people who have ADHD or at least an understanding of it to learn from because they work with me. Now, obviously, that doesn't necessarily apply to you, um, but working with people that work with your type of business or your type of mindset and will work to your strengths. Does it interest me? So there are some things that I might be like, yeah, I want to do that because it interests me. And that's valid um, as long as it's not distracting from something else more important. And I guess um, in terms of things, going back to it, like it's like, can I just wait and delay things? So if I keep coming back to something because you know it's important. So similar to like if you go into a shop and you see a dress, you try it on and you go, oh, I love that, but it's a little bit expensive or oh, I'm not too sure and you leave it there and then you go away and you keep thinking of it and you keep thinking of it so you go back. That's where I look at okay, yeah, I will invest in that thing. Or if it's something you keep thinking about that you need to do, email marketing, I'll put in my, my slant there, but you never do it, but you keep coming back to it knowing it's important. It's not that shiny object in that case. You know, it's not the thing that's that one thing. But, you know, you can't do it then, or you, but you never get around to it. Or maybe you've bought a program or done something um, to try to help you implement, but you don't, you never get around to it, then get help. Another program, another coach, another mastermind is not going to make it happen for you. If it has not happened yet and you have recognised for some time that it's important, get help. So either a done with you situation, so that means have someone do it alongside with you, maybe just, and again, get the initial setup, get it going, or a done for you, like a totally done for you um, service. Oh, and quick note on the done for yous, please make sure you get specific notes or processes or video explainers. So you're free to take it over. Um, I've definitely worked with a lot of people in the email marketing software where it's set up in this really odd way or it's set up really using advanced strategies and the business owner themselves can, can make, can't make heads or tails of it. So please have your processes and stuff. If you've got a done for you, if you're looking for done for you, make sure to check that out. Um, another thing, just a, even another side note while we're talking investment is things like systems and software. So is, I look out for now things like, is there a pay once option or is this just a fad? Like some 
software just becomes like this trend that, that everyone seems to be using. So you should be using it too. Again, the shoulds. So this stuff applies there too. So an example of that for me is Dubsado. Like it is a powerful piece of software. It can do a lot, but I barely use a lot of the functionality. So instead I was like, okay, I'm going to find a calendar booking software that I can pay for once. So I look for things. Can I just pay for something once or pay for annual? It's just a lot cheaper. <laughs> and I and do something more that's along makes it easier for me. And we get caught up because I've been paying for it for this long. You know, I don't want to lose this functionality. But it applies to all that too. So, you know, just, you know, check out that out. Okay, that is a lot. Um, and hopefully you have made some sense of my ramblings. Um, but ultimately it comes down to knowing yourself, trusting yourself. And if you are struggling with that, if you are recognizing like me that you are buying into a lot of things because you were trying to find that one solution, I would encourage you to actually step back, ask these questions, think about what to watch out for and go, what if I just trusted that I know my stuff? So that is what has led me now to eventually build the business model that I have now. And it's not to say that it won't change again, um, but that is where I have now just, you know, I'm practicing what I preach here in terms of that I have the shop with individual skills-based, like this is doing one specific thing um, or learning one specific thing and you can get it at a very, very affordable price. And if people want support, there's the email experience membership um, to ask the questions and stuff, which again is very reasonably priced. Then there is my done for you and done with you um, email marketing strategy stuff because um, while I could hopefully eventually one day scale up all of the shop and all of the email experience that it covers my income, there is really a big need and a big gap and, and something to be said for doing stuff for people and with people and taking action. So I will leave links for all those things in the show notes if that is something you're interested in exploring. Um, I would love to, I guess, hear from you about any takeaways you have from this episode. As I mentioned, it's a little bit different. But, yeah, I just wanted to share a bit of summary of where I am now with my journey and that I guess I'm really feeling optimistic and confident for the first time in a long time because I'm listening to that inner voice and I'm trusting what I know and I'm ready to you know just keep going along the path that I believe is right for me without heavy influence from all those gurus and experts out there. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, if you want to um, get in touch feel free to reach out to me on, on, on Instagram. I'm at Yale Keown. Otherwise Let's go on to hopefully another 100 episodes. See ya. Thank you for listening to Easy Email Marketing. It's an absolute honor that you chose to listen. If you love this episode, then it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review so that others can find this podcast and make their email marketing easy too. Finally, make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Until next time, have an awesome day and make sure to keep showing up and serving in those inboxes. Oh,